Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Listen, I, I'm excited to share this thought. And for anyone who doesn't know me, by the, by the way, my name is Jared, and it's a privilege to preach. Uh, always is a privilege and an honor. Um, our topic at the moment is foundations. That's what we've been talking about. And we're doing our best to unpack uh, some of the foundations of discipleship. Last week, uh, Pastor Viv brought a great word and asked an incredible question, which was, Why do you follow Jesus? And if you remember, some people got to share why they followed Jesus and gave great answers. It's a great question because even if you've heard about the idea of being a disciple over and over and over, we still may not be fully aware of what it means for us to be on a personal journey or what it means for you to be a disciple on a personal level. So we must know our why. But also understanding how Jesus can actually impact our lives. What is Jesus actually able to do for us is one of the other foundational things that we want to talk about within this, uh, this collection or this topic of conversation. And so I want to share today about one of the ways that I think that Jesus can actually impact your life and our life. I want to share a, t- a thought that I've titled. It's a very simple title. If you want to write it down at the top of your notes, if you're taking notes, you can. It's titled Help. Help. H-E-L-P. That's how you spell help, in case you didn't know. Um, but maybe help with an exclamation point, like more like, help! <laughs> At some point in life, we all need help. It could be a tough thing that we, uh, a tough thing to admit, but there are just some moments where we have to be quick to ask for help. And uh, it's just not just for the husbands that um, have, you know, struggle to read the instructions for the assembly of a Kmart, like flat pack, like shoe rack. <laughs> so the shoe rack doesn't need instructions, does it? You know, anyone, uh, yeah. Or, or it's not for the person that struggles to ask for help and get directions, okay? Which now no longer pertains to just driving, right? But it's also, uh, it also relates to like when you're walking through like a store like Mitre 10, I don't know about you, but as a guy, like I just really, I want to go to Mitre 10 and I don't want to have to ask anyone where things is. I feel like that's not very manly, right? But also at the supermarket, okay, I, I just, I, I absolutely will never ask someone where something is, right? Alicia will send me to the supermarket. She often does to go and pick something up. And uh, I enjoy going to the supermarket. Well, I, I mean, I love it, but I also hate it. I love it because I feel like the supermarket is just a social place to be. Like pack and save is like the place to just catch up with people. You always bump into people you know. I understand why it takes some people, Alicia, so many hours to actually do the shopping because there's so many conversations that happen when you go to the supermarket. But I hate it because she always sends me there for things that I just have no idea where they are, right? I can deal with like the, the milk and the, um, the coffee and nappies. I can get that type of thing. But sometimes she sends me on these like hunts for things that are just the most eclectic, unique items that you would use for baking the most weirdest things that are just, there seems to be nowhere to be found. But I hate asking someone where something is because I feel like they might judge me, like I'm lazy, like I should just read the signs. You know the signs they have up on the ends of the aisles that say where things are? Um, but, you know, like, they don't have everything listed up there, do they? 
They miss, like, she sent me to get this, like, raglan um, coconut yogurt once, right? And I went expecting that it would be in, like, the yogurt area, but it wasn't. It wasn't, like, some other, like, boutique, like, gourmet yogurt little place. Like, just, and I just thought, why? Like, why? It would be so much faster if I just asked for help, though, and just said, hey, does anyone know where the yogurt is? Um, or, or something like that. Um, but... In, in moments, and we all have moments, where we must ask for help. I don't know if anyone online relates to that. Um, hopefully you do. Um, not just a supermarket thing, that's random, but asking for help. And I think one of the foundations of following Jesus is knowing how to ask for help and also who it is that we should be going to for our help. For our help. Psalm 121 says this, I lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from, is the question. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is so important for us. And it's important for us because life is not easy. Life is not easy. Sometimes things happen that we don't expect. And there can be things that come up in life that feel too big to handle or too big to navigate and to navigate by ourselves. And the truth is, it's a hard truth, but the truth is, is that following Jesus doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. It's not like we receive some sort of like perfect life the moment that we start a relationship with Jesus. We're made perfect in the sight of God. We are redeemed from our sin, as Joseph talked about before. We, he, he, he covers us for all of our mistakes and our issues. So we're given this kind of like perfect image as if, as if we carry now the image of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't mean that life is just smooth sailing. In fact, sometimes when we start following Jesus, it can make life a little bit more difficult. Anyone ever experienced that? This, I heard about someone who started a relationship with Jesus when they were a teenager and they had to cut off an entire friend group. They had to just go like, they became, they became like lonely as soon as they started following Jesus. Obviously started to build relationships within church circles and everything was okay. But sometimes things happen in life that make it a little bit more difficult. We read these stories of the disciples and we could be very, very honest and say that there are things that they went through as they followed Jesus that were not always easy. And Jesus himself even spoke about the fact that there was a cost to following him, that they were to take up their cross, that they were to die to themselves, that they wouldn't necessarily even have a place to lay their head or have a, a shelter or a home or a roof over their head, that even the disciples would ultimately have to at one point give their life to follow him. And not just figuratively, Literally, that they would have to end up giving their life for him. Jesus said that there will be storms that come along. There will be storms that come along. Matthew 7, verse 24, the wise and the foolish builders. Now, this is a very familiar text, but um, because I never assume that everyone knows it, we're going to read through, uh, we're just going to read it and we're going to talk about it. But Matthew 7, verse 24 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It says that the rain came up, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The, wind, the rain came, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This, is, uh, this scripture, this story, this, this illustration that Jesus gives is actually a conclusion to one of his sermons, a conclusion to his Sermon on the Mount, a very famous sermon. Well, I mean, all of the Bible was famous, isn't it? Um, but it's something that is so stand out where he stands on the on a hillside and shares these foundations for being a disciple of Jesus. This, uh, these foundations of, of following him, a foundation of discipleship. In fact, he covers 17 different topics in the Sermon of the Mount. 17 points. 17 points. So I've got 17 points to get through today. <laughs> Hope you're ready for it. No. 17 points and different things from being salt and light to murder, don't do it, <laughs> to how to deal with uh, people that maybe lash out towards us, an eye for an eye, that whole thing. How to, how to deal with worry, how to pray is where he talks about that. He gives the Lord's Prayer in the sermon. All of these different things, amazing topics. And, and, and I think that sometimes we read this scripture Matthew 7 verse 24 about this wise builder and the not so wise builder. And we maybe feel like our, our, our default is to think that uh, if I live a godly enough life, then I get to qualify as a wise builder. That's me. And that means that I'm protected. Or maybe it means that I'm safe. Maybe it means that my life is sorted and that everything's gonna be okay. I'm signed, sealed, deliver, baby. I'm all good. It's all gonna be smooth sailing for me. But Jesus actually says in the scripture that we're to keep putting into practice his word, to keep practicing his word, to not pretend that we have perfected his word. He doesn't say perfect it. He's, he's saying we've got to practice this thing. We've got to keep working on it. We've got to keep aligning ourselves with God's call and God's direction for our life by basing everything that we do off the Word of God and to keep doing it over and over and over again. And even after you've done all of that for years and years and years, that the rain will still fall. It says that the streams will still rise up and that the wind will still beat against the house that we live the house of our life. Life still gets messy. So you may be here today and you may be wondering, why why is life getting so tough? You might be wondering, why is this happening? I don't know if you've ever asked God that question. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I having to go through this? I think it's because even smart builders still have to face storms. Even smart builders, they still have to face storms. But I love this, that if you and I live our life focused by, on putting into practice God's word. It doesn't matter what storms hit your house. It doesn't matter what storms come across your life or across your path. Storms, in fact, can come and go. The rain can come if it wants, but we'll still be standing. We'll still be okay. We'll still get through it because we have built a life that stands not on sand, but on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Like the old hymn says, on Christ, this solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Everything but Jesus is sinking sand. Everything but the rock that is Jesus Christ 
is sinking sand. I love this, that God has not promised us a storm-free life, but he has promised us that the storms we face will be no match for the power of our King Jesus. The storms that we face will be no match for his authority, for his ability to heal, for his ability to bring breakthrough, for his ability to bring freedom. For someone online, you need to hear it today that you're facing a storm, but God is over it. God is bigger than it. That if you just continue to trust him, if you continue to put your hope in him to practice his word, to continue to build that foundation of faith, then you'll stay standing through every storm that could ever come across your path. So the question this morning is what happens to you when you face storms? What do you do when you face storms? Do you have a foundation that's strong enough to withstand it? Or is a storm just something that could take you out? Is it something that could take you out? What about this? What do you turn to in stormy moments <laughs> or tough situations or chaotic moments? Where do you find your help is really the question that I wanna ask today. And are you allowing Jesus to be the one to help you through the storm? There's a story about um, the disciples facing actually multiple storms. There's stories of multiple storms throughout the Bible. Uh, and there's one where, you know, Jesus is in the boat and he's asleep in the boat and the disciples are like trying to wake him up because they're freaking out about the storm. And he wakes up and he tells the wind and the waves and the, and the rain to go away. And it does. And they're like, wow, you're amazing. And now this is a great story. But there's this other story, Matthew 14. And there's a storm in the story, but uh, we know it mostly because it's a story when Jesus walked on water and when Peter walked on water as well. This story is amazing. And um, I, I think there's some things in it that we can actually learn that relate to the storms of life. Jesus walks out on water towards a boat full of disciples, his disciples that's been pushed around by wind and waves and rain. And they see him walking in the storm and they think, do you know what they think? It's a ghost. It's Casper the friendly ghost. No, no, no. I never watched that. I wasn't allowed to. Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> the story says, that the disciples were terrified. Okay, let's read it. Matthew 14, verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This story is a great story. It's, it's a whole setup. And I believe it's a setup, in fact, for followers of Jesus, for us today to get a glimpse of how Jesus wants to help us in the middle of a storm. Yes, it's about having faith and walking on water, which, by the way, I'm yet to do. Don't know if you've done that. Let me know if you have. Hope you get captured on video. Um, but we need to take something away from the story. And it's the fact that the central part of the story is not about Jesus calming a storm. 
But the central part of the story instead is about Jesus helping Peter to walk on water in the midst of a storm, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a storm. Because I believe our God, He has a different perspective on storms. Our God has a different view on storms. He has a different way of looking at it. His perspective isn't always just about getting us through the storm, but He's wanting to use the storm. He knows there's a purpose in the storm. He knows there's a reason for the storm. So maybe you're here today and you've been thinking, Jesus isn't helping you because He hasn't yet answered maybe your prayer or your question. He hasn't provided a miracle yet or or He's not given you the sign. (laughs) the green light or the red light or whatever. He's not creating an open door. Maybe, maybe it's because Jesus is actually using that storm to teach you something and that thing that he's teaching you may just be even more valuable than a storm being calmed. What is Paul's encouragement to the Romans? Romans 5 verse 3, he says, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. We find something glorious about our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, that out of perseverance comes character, and that from character, we can live a life filled with hope. And not just hope in ourselves, but hope in who Jesus is by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so when Jesus says to His disciples as they see Him and they think it's a ghost, He says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. I mean, firstly, I bet the disciples were confused. It's not like you're telling us to not be afraid, but the storm still exists. Like, Jesus, why would we not be afraid? We're in the middle of a storm. This, doesn't, this just doesn't make sense. It's like, um, it's like telling an angry person to calm down. Never works. I've got a four-year-old son who has these rage quit moments, and every time I tell him to calm down, he just looks at me, and he's like, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm like, what if, what's he been watching, you know? He's, oh, that's crazy. Passion of the Christ, probably. Um, no, no, definitely not. Uh, sorry, random. He, he says, hey, don't be afraid, but they're still in a storm. Don't be afraid. Maybe you're still in a storm, but I feel like Jesus' message to us today is, is don't be afraid. Why would he say don't be afraid? It's because Jesus knows the full picture. We don't know the full picture, but he sees in full. He knows everything. He knows what the reason is. He knows why the disciples find themselves in this situation. He knows what's about to take place. He knows what he is about to do and what he's about to show them. He knows that there's something that's amazing that's about to take place. Peter is about to walk on water. Those words came out real fast. God works all things together for the good of those who love Him. We have to trust He knows. Don't be afraid. He knows. Don't be scared. He knows what's about to take place. So Peter gets out and he walks on water and then he gets distracted by the waves and the wind and he gets afraid again and he begins to sink. Verse 30, but when, the, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. All we have to do is ask for help. All Peter had to do. I know it was a moment and Jesus goes on and says that he was lacking faith and why did he doubt in this moment? But he did the right thing when he said, Lord, save me. Lord, you gotta save me. Lord, you gotta help me in this. I don't know what to do right now. You gotta help me in this. And I I don't know if you've ever, 
experienced anything like this, maybe, uh, maybe there's something going on in your life and you feel like it's a storm that you're facing right now. So this word relates to you and that's great. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe you're not facing a storm, but this word is for the future. That's also great. But I have to be honest with you. I've definitely found that Jesus is the greatest source of help I could ever know. He's the greatest source of help I could ever, ever know. In fact, around about a year ago, I actually uh, I faced a bit of a storm in my life myself. And uh, it's something that's been kind of kept pretty close. Uh, I haven't really talked to many people about it, just a handful of people that have been able to help me through it. And, uh, and I really feel, actually felt like sharing it today is kind of appropriate because it applies to this word. But also, it's a great testimony, I believe, now to share. Um, just want to say, it's nothing to do with anything, like no, no act of sin or anything like that. There's no question, nothing. I'm not about to confess something to everyone. <laughs> Don't worry, you're starting to freak out right now. Um, but something took place last year that triggered something um, emotionally for me. And uh, I've always been pretty consistent. People mostly know me to be pretty calm, even in stressful situations, and that uh, nothing really would shake me or rock me too much. Um, but uh, maybe even I've been kind of solid in the mental and emotional space my whole life. Or I thought I was pretty solid in mental and emotional stuff. Um, and I have no idea if it has something to do with the weight of being a pastor during COVID times and all of the disappointment that we've experienced. I mean, last year, 2022, was a pretty brutal year, not just for us as pastors or for us as you know, church, but for individuals, so many, so many individuals facing storms. I know that's true. But I discovered in a moment that I actually had what's called an echo, an emotional echo from a traumatic experience and moment from when I was 15 years old. And I don't know what that is, an echo, it's, it's living wisdom teaching that there's something that almost has like a ripple effect in your life from a moment, a traumatic moment or a tough time or a, a rough season in your life. And, and I didn't know that actually for about 15 years or just under 15 years, that it had been something that was potentially having an impact on my life was uh, 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 affecting my decision-making and basically having more of an impact on my life than I knew. What happened was, all of a sudden, I had the emotional health of a 15-year-old version of myself. 15-year-old version of myself. You might have been great at 15, but I don't think I was doing too good at 15. And so I, I started to have a whole heap of negative thoughts. And my thought life just, oh man, it was not in a good place. Um, I was struggling to think clearly. Um, I was always tired because I was hardly sleeping. I, in fact, was um, given prescribed um, sleeping pills from my doctor at one stage. And I'll never forget the moment sitting across from this doctor when he said, sounds like you're dealing with some sort of anxiety. And I was like, I don't, I don't get anxiety. That's not me. That's just not, I don't, I don't believe I can have that. Uh, maybe he was correct. Um, so I was constantly thinking these negative thoughts sparked by what this echo was from this traumatic moment. These thoughts created a strong neuropathway in my brain and uh, the thoughts shifted from just my conscious to my subconscious. I started to dream about it at night and they would be the first thing that I would think about when I woke up in the morning. The only time I basically wasn't thinking these certain thoughts was if I was busy at work, here at church, uh, or just had my mind on other things. If there was ever space and time, Saturdays were bad days because I had a lot of space to think. 
what it meant is that for a time, a window of time, uh, I can only describe it as I felt like I just lost myself. And you may, may even relate to this, and this is something that you've, you've been through yourself and have worked on. But what it meant was I was struggling as a husband. I was struggling as a father. I definitely did not feel up to scratch to be a pastor. There were some moments where I was meant to get up and preach and I actually had to ask someone else to preach because I just was like, I just don't know if I have anything that's worth being said at all. I couldn't really just do normal things, in fact. So I got um, some advice and I got some help and um, learned a lot about how to actually deal with the mental and emotional space. I started learning how to, um, to face, trace and replace. Uh, I started doing some daily journaling, dear diary type of thing, which by the way is all, is all living wisdom uh, stuff, which is David Riddell's teaching, which is, which is really, really good stuff. Um, and uh, I kept doing these things. In fact, I will keep doing these things for the rest of my life because I now have discovered that actually the mental and emotional part of my life and in fact, all of our worlds is a constant work on. We must always be working on it and building. It's like a muscle. We have to get stronger in this area. And uh, all of these things that I learned and all of the advice that I got was great. It was all amazing and it helped. And there was some great revelation that came through that. But I have to say that nothing compared to the Word of God. Nothing helped quite like the Word of God would help. And I actually, in fact, would take this, I still have um, these little um, like kind of uh, post-it note tabs that have highlighted six key scriptures on six key themes that I was using and I would just go to every single day. I would have these thoughts come into my head and I would open up the Word of God and I would go to a scripture. I have it marked here. There's one on love. There's one on how God leads me. There's one on, on correct thinking. There's one on God's sovereignty, one on God's protection. And I would open them up and I wouldn't just read them, but I would actually speak them out loud. And I'd speak them out, out loud until these thoughts went away and, and I could feel like I could, I could move on. But this became my lifeline. This became everything for me. This became, man, it was like, it, 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 actually, it actually saved me. And uh, I realised that in order to win the war on my mind, I had to get God's thoughts in. Here they are, all the time. It was all getting God's thoughts in and getting, getting them in all the time. Revelation hit me hard that the enemy was trying to take me out and Alicia out and it was he was only going to get access through my mind. If the enemy can't get your heart, he'll go for your mind. That's what he'll do. So the enemy was trying to have his way. He definitely was. But I learned very quickly to take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ and then take it a step further. And I allowed God's thoughts into my mind as a replacement. I had put into practice the Word of God. It was the only option for surviving that storm. And it was like every time I opened up this Bible and opened up the Word, it was like me saying, Jesus, I need you. Or Jesus, save me. Or Jesus, just come and help me. Jesus, I need your help. And I realised that the storm of 2022 didn't leave me broken and battered, but it left me better and stronger. And it left me better and stronger, in fact, in every aspect of my life. Now, I've discovered that, like I said before, the emotional world is something that I will always be 
working on. If you deal with anxiety and depression, keep working on it. Keep believing. Keep, keep replacing those thoughts. Keep doing whatever it is that you have to do and don't stop it for the rest of your life. Keep getting stronger in, in that thing. But the enemy lost what he was trying to do and he will keep losing it because I've taken what I've discovered about myself and what I've discovered about God and I'm now using it and will use it for every aspect of my life. So now I'm a better husband and I'm a better father. And hopefully I'm a better pastor. I mean, I certainly have some tools in my tool belt that I can use to help other people that maybe I didn't before. I look back at 2022 and I do not view it, even though it was a tough year. And even though it was a storm, I don't view it as a wasted year. And I really want someone to hear that today, that maybe the storm you're going through feels like it's stealing from you, but it isn't wasted time. It isn't something that is just gonna be a write-off year that if you're able to keep building your life on the rock that is Jesus Christ, that He's going to use it, that He has to use it, that He wants to use it. I needed to go through that last year. Last year was God's perfect timing for me to go through what I had to go through. If, I, if it came out in 15 years time when I'm 45 and had a, kids that are in their adult years, it would have been a hang of a lot worse and a hang of a lot messier. So last year was the perfect time for me to go through it. I'm glad it happened. I'm happy to say as well that I feel like the storm has ended, but looking back, I can see that Jesus was just calling me out on a boat and out of a boat of complacency to teach me how to walk on water. He was just teaching me how to walk on water. We need, I believe, to stop praying that storms would end and start praying, asking God to do what He needs to do in us throughout the process of the storm. Peter didn't just say, Lord, if it's you, stop the storm. You think about that, they see Jesus walking on the water and you'd surely think, oh, sweet, we're saved. The storm's gonna end. But that isn't the case. Peter doesn't say, if it's you, stop the storm. Peter says, Lord, if that's you, you could call me to walk on the water. Teach me how to walk on water. Lord, if it's you, teach me how to walk on water. Today, our greatest help is from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We should not look to the mountains Our help isn't in the mountains. Our help isn't in other things. Our help isn't in worldly things. Our help, man, we can get advice and get advice, definitely do. But it's not gonna be friends. It's not just gonna be counsellors. It's not just gonna be the self-help booklet or whatever it is that you maybe go to. It certainly isn't gonna be more relationships or alcohol. It certainly isn't gonna be something that masks pain. It's not gonna be something that just is a bit of a, a a band-aid, but if we go to God, we have an actual opportunity to work through the storm. Doesn't mean the storm's gonna end, but we have a chance to work in it and to work through it and to allow God, allow the work of Jesus to help us. God is so big. He is so much bigger than the storm, but at the same time, He is so deeply in love with you. He is so deeply in love with you and He wants to help you today. I think that some of us, as we, as we finish, we need to shift our perspective in the storm. Shift our perspective in the storms from how tough life is to actually how good God is. Oh, stop thinking that life is just hard and tough and I don't know if I can get this and start getting the revelation of the goodness of our God. He did not promise that we would have a storm-free life, but He did promise that He would always be with us, that He would always be by our side 
that He'd always have our back, that He would always be good. Psalms say that He is good and that He does good. That's His work within our life. Realise today that the foundation of your life, if it's Jesus, is gonna outlast that storm. It's gonna outlast the storm. Your storms can come and go. And man, you should just get to the point where you welcome the storm because you know that your hope is anchored in Jesus Christ, that your foundation is built on a rock that is never gonna break or shake or fall to pieces, but that actually where you are right now, as you continue to focus on who He is, as you put your attention on Him, that everything is gonna be okay. At the end, everything is gonna be okay. When does the storm end? I don't know when the storm ends. I feel like it maybe does end though when you get your attention off the storm and you get your attention on Jesus. In fact, the storm that you're facing doesn't deserve the attention that you're giving it. Jesus deserves your attention. The storm you're facing doesn't deserve to be made so big in your life. Jesus deserves to be made the biggest part of your your life and of your world. So today, let's stop focusing on the rain that feels like it's damaging the foundations of our life. Instead, let's allow God to pour into us. Let's go to His Word. Let's practice His Word. Let's build our life on a foundation. Let's read the Word of God and feel the rain of His love. Feel the wind of His Spirit. Feel the touch of heaven, even right now in this room. Feel the anointing of God in this place, the presence that wants to come in and not just make everything smooth and fine and okay. That's not what we're promising today, but God wants to teach us something. Oh, He wants to show you something. Oh, He wants to make you better. Oh, He wants to come alongside and and bring you into that next stage to take you from the place you're at to a new place. There's a new land. There's a new, a new territory for you to take, to step into. For all of us, we're going from strength to strength and glory to glory. It maybe feels tough. Maybe it feels like it's a bit of work, but with God, there's purpose to it. There's so much purpose to the pain. There's so much that He wants to do within your life. I wanna pray today that Jesus would help us, that all of us would know that we need Him, that we just need Him, that that's where it's at. We can't do this without Him. We need His work in our life. We need Him as our solid rock. Every eyes closed, every head bowed as we finish the service. I want to pray and then we're gonna, we're actually gonna worship together and sing a, a chorus, sing a song that declares that Jesus is our center. He is the cornerstone of our our life. But today I wanna pray for that we would know the help of Jesus Christ in our life, that we would know that He is helping us to walk on water, that He is helping us to see the purpose in what we're going through, that He is helping us and giving us hope for the things that we're facing. Father, right now, Lord, we come to You. Jesus, we come to You. You are the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You are the one who sees everything. You see all, you know all. You have the bigger picture. Lord, when all we see is just a few steps ahead of us, you see the entire plan. So we submit to you and we say, Jesus, Lord, help us. Lord, lead us. 
Oh, Lord, would you save us? God, I pray for the person right now who's facing a storm, who feels like they're coming up against something that is just too big for them to manage. Would they know what it is today to surrender it to you, to hand it over to you, to come and to give it as a sacrifice, wrapped in praise and thanksgiving, because Lord, we know that you are gonna do a great work with the things that we're facing and the things that we're going through, that nothing is wasted, that in the kingdom of God, that nothing is just, man, it's not just a moment missed, but that God, you're actually using every single moment. Oh man, the storm of 2022, Lord, it may have gone, but the strength now that remains is what we're praising You for and we're thanking You for. Lord, I pray for the person who's here today and feels like the storm has stolen some things from them. Maybe it's from the past. I don't know, maybe you're here today and there's some things that have happened in the past and there's a, there's a, a storm that maybe has taken some things. Maybe you just haven't been quite as confident. Maybe you haven't felt as bold or as strong. Maybe you feel like you've lost your faith or you're offended with someone. There's a relationship that's just not quite the same. I wanna tell you today that in the work of God, when you're in the hand of God, when you build your life on the rock that is Jesus Christ, that no storm can steal from you. No storm can take from you. No storm is gonna rid you of the joy that you can have in Him. If you believe in Jesus, if you just lean in on Him, if you just continue to surround yourself with His presence, it's His joy that becomes our strength. It's His it's His life that replaces well, whatever's been taken away, whatever's been removed. God wants to bring it back to you right now. Father, we just thank You for that. Lord, we thank You that Jesus today, Lord, You are returning to us maybe what we feel like the enemy tried to take. We're going back into the enemy's camp and we're taking it back. Oh, Father, we're grabbing a hold of it. We're receiving it in the mighty name of Jesus. Just as we are, why don't we just receive today? Just receive Receive whatever that is. Receive the promise. Receive this, this incredible, incredible favor and blessing that God wants to pour out on you. You are not alone. This is not just your thing, but you're a part of God's thing. This is not just you trying to make a move, but in fact, you're part of a move of God. That God is moving on your life. Just believe that for a moment. Believe it. Just believe it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To finish, I want us to um, just sing this chorus and I want to actually invite everyone to stand. Oh, that'd be awesome. We have just a couple minutes left and uh, I, uh, I want us to pray just one more, one more time and um, then we're going to sing. We're going we're gonna to take a moment to declare who Jesus is. I just love the fact that, man, in this moment, we can take our attention off ourselves. Come on, we can take our attention off what's going on and what feels like just our world and put our focus on the One who is above all things, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the One who created us, the One who knows exactly where it is that we're going in life, the One who is directing us and leading us and guiding us, but ultimately He is just the One who is worth all of our praise, amen. 
That's the reason. I mean, my, my dad always talks about it. We always say grace before we eat the food, right? We don't even know if the food's gonna be any good. But today, we're praising God before we know that we're having breakthrough, before we can actually see what the fruit is gonna be. It's like saying grace before you eat maybe even a disgusting meal. But right now, out of faith, I'm gonna choose to worship Jesus because I know that He is good, that He is great. Come on, that He is the solid rock that I'm building my life on. And so come on, just for a moment, why don't we lift our hands? Why don't we just in our heart, just turn our attention towards Him. Jesus, You deserve our attention, all of our focus, all of our praise. Oh Lord, You are worth it. You're worth our lives. You're worth our heart. You're worth the gift that we have on our life. But Lord, You're worth our thanksgiving. Lord, we thank You so much for who You are and for what You're doing. We declare that You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all pain. You're Lord of all sickness. Lord, You are Lord of all financial troubles. You are Lord of all relational breakdowns. You are Lord of all issues, whether it be mental and emotional or physical or whatever it is, whether there's a story to tell now, a testimony or a testimony that is still being written, that You are above it, that when it comes to the storms, Jesus, You are Lord of the storm. You are the Lord of our storms. Father, we thank You for that. We declare it in the mighty Name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's sing together. Let's worship. Thank you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.